0: Let's talk about having high standards, yet also being realistic. This is a subject that comes up a lot lately when I do mentoring calls, and we're going to talk about it. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth for Your Twenties podcast. Okay, having high standards. Obviously, this is something I'm super passionate about. When I talk to sorority women, I'm like, "You have a 100 million dollar power of influence," which is the dollar amount I saw sorority women take an unheard of brand of t-shirt. So that's like an actual quantifying number of how incredible you know this group of women are. And then at the same time, I see these same young women settling for less in the dating world and like compromising and settling and all the things. And of course, this comes up. With every young girl I mentor, this is not just a conversation exclusive, you know, when I speak to sorority women. So there's this tension because, you know, usually girls are like, okay, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, I definitely, you know, don't want to settle. I definitely want to have high standards. I think we're all on the same page when it comes to that. But then there's this, oh, but what if I never get married? What if I end up alone? All right, so first, I guess let me tackle that argument because. Here's the thing. So again, my marketing brain will tell you when you have a million choices, you have zero choices. This is like actually a marketing 101 kind of thing because when you go to the store and there's like 700 different types of jelly, you're like, uh, I don't know. I just need something for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they actually sell less when there's too many options in a specific brand. So like Smuckers, for example, will just pull out specific flavors at different times of the year because they know if they have I don't know, a hundred different jelly options. This relates to dating, I promise. When you have too many options, you just, it's analysis paralysis. So when it comes to dating, I'm like, yeah, the guy who's sloppy drunk trying to take you home at the bar is no longer an option for you because you have decided that that is not something you're interested in. So bam, you have fewer options. You're welcome. So that's one side of this argument. And I stand by that. I think that that is something we need to learn and understand. Now at the same time, I will have a conversation. So just for example, I had a conversation with a girl not too long ago, and she's dating this total like amazing guy. I think she told me he's in a local worship band, he's handsome, he is involved in sports, uh, he's good to his mama, he's financially sound, like anything that normally I hear that girls you know find valuable, and these are just good characteristics all around, like he's a total package. But she's asking me, like, you know, I don't know if I continue to date him. Like, I don't know if I want to marry him. Like the FOMO idea, right? Like, what if there's better? And (laughs) this is a dangerous way to think about dating too, because at that point, yeah, I mean, like, you're going to marry a flawed human, like spoiler alert, you know, so there's not going to be absolute perfection. You know, she didn't mention a few of his flaws. And to me, I thought they were very minimal. I can't even remember what they were right now she's flawed. I'm flawed. You're flawed. We're all flawed. And we are going to marry a flawed human. I think this whole experience in dating and having standards, it's like, what are some non-negotiables? What matters? And then we have the other side of the conversation and that's how do you get to show up and love a flawed human unconditionally every day? So I believe marriage, and this is something that needs to be talked about more, but I believe marriage. And I've said this before on the podcast is a example, like a little glimpse of how much God loves us here on this earth. So if the creator of everything who made humans at the end of the show, <laughs> think about it, you know, seven days of creation, there was birds and bees and lobsters and goldfish and all of the things and sun and moon. And at the, at the fireworks, at the end of the show, there was human beings made in the image of God. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And I don't want you to be alone. So I'm going to give you the gift of this partnership, this marriage, this other human being on the planet earth in flesh and bones to show up every day and give you a little example about how much and how infinitely and how unconditionally I love you in flesh in another human being. (laughs) I mean, just sit on that for a second. If we got that one thing right, if we as humans Would understand when we get married, like I choose you and I want to keep choosing you, even though you're flawed, even though, you know, you get on my nerves sometimes, even though I don't always quote, feel like it, I want to love you and keep loving you all the days of my life. That is marriage. So again, when it comes to dating, you're going to choose someone that you get to love through thick, through thin, through better and worse. You know, all of those vows that we say. So standards, what matters to you? I have something called a dating plan. This is something I'm just really passionate about. As I was talking to sororities, people would start to get a piece of paper out and be like, oh yeah, I need to write down what I consider some non-negotiables. So I turn it into a quiz and turn it into this like PDF. Anyways, I actually have a course now called Make a Dating Plan. Um, Spoiler alert, you can get that on my website for $29. Anyways, in that little course, I, I tell girls, I believe the only I have two non-negotiables. Now this isn't like, you know, this is just my feelings (laughs) based on all of my years of mentoring and the books are read and all that kind of stuff. I believe the only two non-negotiables are to have a shared faith and that neither of you look at pornography. I actually just saw a study the other day that was showing that the higher risk of divorce when one or both of the couples look at pornography, because it's I mean, there's a whole lot to say about that and it's not what this episode is about, but it's essentially cheating. It's essentially, you know, comparing the one person you vowed to, to a million other unrealistic images. And it just, it's not good for the relationship in a million different ways. So that's one of the non-negotiables. And then the other I suggest is shared faith because I understand and I appreciate and realize that there are plenty of couples on this planet who can have a healthy marriage who don't have a shared faith. But I would argue in more likelihood than not, they are just exemplifying selfless unconditional love and just not realizing it. Or just, you know, you know, selfless and unconditional love is something, no matter your faith, I hope that you, you know, agree and appreciate. And so this is something that was modeled to us by a God who came to the earth in flesh. He was like I love this rebellious race. And I, you know, it's the bride of Christ, the church, the the us, you and me. And he came as a human and paid the ultimate sacrifice for our relationship with us. So again, that picture is what we have. And even when I'm not like all ooey gooey, you know, butterfly showing with love for my husband, I get to show up and show him that unconditional love because not because I feel like it, because I see what was modeled for me on the cross. So whoo. Okay, so our original question, how do you have high standards but be realistic? I encourage you, like I said, to make a dating plan. That's something I I just find really passionate. Um, writing down what's important to you. Now, if you just only have shared faith and no pornography, that's great. That's awesome. Now, there's so many different things and I've talked about this a million times, but do you want to live on your family's property? Do you want to have five kids? Do you want to have zero kids? Do you want to explore the country? Do you want to... I don't know, whatever. Like there are things that people value and they're not wrong. They're just something you might want to think through what is super important and what isn't. And this conversation honestly becomes different when it comes to dating than in marriage. I had a conversation with a girl the other day and she was like, when do I know when I can divorce my husband? He's just getting on my nerves. And I'm like, well, um, I believe marriage is a covenant bond. And it's a beautiful, sacrificial, sacred vow that we don't take lightly. And so, you know, if this was a dating relationship and he's getting on your, on your nerves, you know, I'd still ask why, because again, this is a flawed human. And guess what? You're probably on his nerves too. Like we all, this is the joy of dating and the joy of marriage of showing up and loving someone, even when we're difficult, because we're all difficult. So back to that girl who said, you know, when should I divorce my husband? Cause he's getting on my nerves. I'm like, girl, I would ask you, what is your role in this? So for example, say, you know, you're going to tell me all the reasons he is so annoying and you just can't stand him and you just want to get away from him. And here's the 10% that you're responsible for. Here's a 10% of, of why you are not getting along. Okay, cool. If I'm mentoring you, let's talk about that 10% because you are not responsible for the 90%. And chances are, it is so much easier to point fingers at other people than to point fingers at ourselves. Now, again, I'm not saying that there is absolutely no reason for divorce. I, of course, you know, don't want anyone to stay in abusive or unhealthy relationships, but it is so much more common. And we even... (laughs) we look for cop-outs. We look for excuses instead of how we can make this thing work. Uh, I think I've shared this before, but I know a couple who the wife was unfaithful and, you know, even his Christian friends were like, yeah, you you know, you should leave, you should get out. And he started to realize, you know, yeah, I could blame her for 90% of this, but I was married to my work. I was you know, not there for her. She was lonely and she strayed for a reason. And he started to realize his 10% and started to find forgiveness for her because he knew his own fault in the matter. And now there are a restored couple speaking on stages about their restored marriage. And the best part is there are three babies there are three children who are now teenagers who got to live firsthand and see an example of what this model of unconditional love looks like. This is what I'm talking about. So when it comes to dating, you're going to walk through some crap, you know? I hope that you never walk through infidelity, but if you do, wouldn't it be the goal? I mean, again, I don't want you to ever walk through that, but wouldn't it be the goal that you can find restoration? I think if we're to be honest, all of us, we want mothers and fathers who love each other. Now, a lot of us listening come from broken homes, myself included, but you know, our little girl self, we dream of, our mommy and daddy unconditionally showing up, loving each other. And I know it's hard to think about like the circumstances that you've lived through and maybe there's hurt and maybe there's reasons your parents divorced, but in a perfect world, if those two people could be like, despite this and despite that, and despite the money problems and this and that, I choose you and I want to keep choosing you and I want to show our children an example of unconditional love. I think that we crave that. And if you agree that you crave that, As someone who's dating, as someone who is perhaps young married, we get the example to give that to our children by showing up and loving someone even when it's hard. (laughs) Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, you will love my online mentoring options. I have three options. Number one is a one-time call with me. It's a 30-minute phone call. You can book as often as you like. Number two is I have a month of mentoring. That is where we have 45 minute long Zoom calls that I love that because we get to go in depth and go over all of the good stuff. And then number three is I have a pre-recorded mentoring session. It is four sessions. I call it from heartbreak to happily ever after. Super helpful if you are walking through any kind of dating questions or relationship questions. So make sure you check that out at katiebolmer.life. Click the tab online mentoring. The other thing that comes up a lot in mentoring that I want to address that's related to this is guys are not the enemy, and guys are also not the answer. What I mean is, you know, again, when we get into this idea of like what I'm really looking for when it comes to a guy, he can't be everything. I saw this funny TikTok where there's these guys and they're like, "Yeah, I mean, my standards are really realistic. You know, I just want a guy who has the whole Book of Leviticus memorized and like 36 inch biceps. I mean, you know, obviously it was a joke, but sometimes we get into this way too unrealistic. And there's there's both sides of this, right? You don't want to date like a total dirtbag, but you also don't you also want to be realistic. And so, as someone who is literally a woman's empowerment speaker. I find this tension and yes, girl, like don't settle. Yes, you walk away if you're being treated like crap. Like, yes, all of that is true. However, (laughs) guys, um, they're, they're not your savior. You know, they can't be everything you want them to be. That's unfair and it's untrue. And we, this is a partnership. You are looking for a helpmate. You are looking for someone who is running the race of faith with you, who is doing this thing called life and wants to link arms with you. But if you're looking for someone to, I mean, the movies have not really done us any favors. Like I love a good romantic movie as much as anyone, but let's remember when the people get together and think of these movies, they're not saying, Oh, how can I, you know, realistically portray a healthy relationship to today's 20 somethings? Like, no, they're looking for In some ways, an unrealistic, relentless love story because it sells movies. Now, side note to that, why do we crave that? Why do we show up and pay money for that? Because that's what we want. Because that is put in our DNA by our creator to want this relentless, ridiculous, amazing love story like we already have. Because Jesus is the best relentless love story we've ever seen. The world has ever known a perfect God came for the rebellious race of humans and died for us. Like what? No one has ever seen that kind of love and we have access to it. And again, we get the option, the opportunity to show up in our marriage and be a little glimpse of that. None of us are going to get that right none of us are Jesus, but if we can, like, that's our goal. That's our pursuit. I want to show up every day and be a little bit more like Jesus to my spouse, but I'm just saying. So if you're single and you're listening to this and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, I like it. I hear what you're saying. I want to have high standards, but I want to be realistic. Like I'm picking up what you're throwing down, but Katie, I'm afraid I'm never going to get married. I think the answer to that question is really reframing the question. And so not like, will I ever get married? But is my God big enough to take care of this? And remember, the answer is not always what we think it is. Sometimes it's not about making a list, making standards, making non-negotiables and finding the right person. Sometimes it's an internal work. Sometimes it's what God needs and wants to do in us. And sometimes it's in pursuit to end up with a, you know, in a marriage. Sometimes it's not. And I can't decide that for you, but I One thing I know for 1000% sure, if you are to just decide, like, this is my pursuit. My pursuit is holiness. My pursuit is a loving relationship with the only person who can complete me. That's going to be so much more fulfilling than an earthly relationship. Now, again, I'm not taking away from earthly relationships. I love marriage. I love like, I just love it all. I love romance. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am I'm, love it all. And so I want you to pursue that. I don't want you to lock yourself in your room and study your Bible. Like, it this all goes hand in hand. Like, yes, you know, put yourself out there. Yes, you know, go on dates. All of that is good. You will find, though, if you're in the world of dating or even when you get married or dating that you are so much more um, fun to date and you are so much more confident and you are going to find a better partner and you are going to know um, true happiness when you know your worth first in the one who made you, and this is an ongoing process. i have married 17 years, and I'm I'm still learning a little bit more about how much God loves me, and I'm certain I'm learning a little bit more how to show up and show Brian every day how much God loves him. Because what a gift and what an honor I get to do that, and mm-hmm. him to do the same for me. So these are just questions and conversations that have come up a lot lately when I do online mentoring or just meeting with people on Zooms and stuff like that, and. I just want to talk about it. So this is a short episode, just a solo episode. I love your feedback. You know, I'm a relational person. And if this meant something to you and you want to take a screenshot and share it on social media, that would mean the world to me. I will reshare it and give you some Instagram love. My DMs are always open. You can find me at Katie Life. TikTok and Instagram are my two favorite places to hang out on the online world. But I appreciate you being here. And thanks for tuning in to a short, but hopefully impactful episode of the Truth for Your 20s podcast. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the truth for your twenties podcast. Would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social? Give me a tag at Katie Wilmer life. So I can give you a big thank you. You sharing it, you leaving your reviews on iTunes is the best possible compliment you can give. Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called truth for your twenties over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search truth for your twenties and come join the party.